Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob here. Now, I see people do this thing I'm about to share with you on this video all the time, and I swear it's ruining their business at best and ruining their life at worst. And it's a human trait, and we all do it, and it's a survival instinct, but it is killing us. And with things like Brexit and lockdown, that's gone on overdrive and people are doing it more and more and more. And I know you do it. So when I share what it is, let me know in the comments if this is something that you do, um, because I'm going to help you get over it. And I call it doomsdaying. So something happens and your brain goes into worst case scenario. The world is over. My business is ruined. They're going to hate me. They're going to ridicule me. I'm going to make no money. And your brain just starts going over and over all the worst case scenarios. Now, I've got people who are very close to me, very close to me. And Alex has said, is it wasting time on social media? It's actually not. Um, you can invest time in social media and actually really ha have it grow your business. Um, but yeah, it, it can be a drain, but it's probably not ruining people's lives. But if something happens to you and triggers you, someone criticizes you, um, you know, you get rejected. What does your brain do? It starts going into all these scenarios of all the things they're saying and doing and how it, bad it could end up being. Of course, the lockdown was a very serious threat. And that's why I've seen it exaggerate for people, because when there actually is a real, clear and present danger, that one out of a hundred times when there is, of course, you do need to be ready. You do need to you know, create um, plan B's and plan C's and plan D's. But um, I, lots of people I see and their brains going wild with fear and worst case scenarioing to the point where they're almost extreme and unrealistic. So let me ask you this. Have you ever worried about something that never happened? They say, I believe, that 99% of the things you worry about never actually happen or never actually come true. Is that you? And have you spent your many hours thinking about and worrying about things that will happen that are worst case that don't? Or I tell you what's even worse or harder for people is when they go into this doomsday scenario mode, but they, they feel and make out that they're right. So maybe they have fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of criticism. Um, and so almost as a protection mechanism, they create a truth of the worst case scenario, even though it hasn't happened yet and it's probably not going to happen. And the sad thing about this is that what happens is it ends up man manifesting the very thing that they fear the most. So I, I must admit, when 
I mean, I, I spent a bit of time in delusion in the lockdown. I'd like to thank Marek for the stars, by the way. Marek, thank you for the stars. Um, so a few weeks before the lockdown, I was like, whatever. I was in delusion mode. Um, I'm probably not the only one. I tend to um, worry not at all, not enough, or worry too much, depending on what extreme I'm in at that time. I'm just an extreme guy. So um, once I've got out of delusion mode and realised, shit, you know what? This lockdown's going to be real. I mean, my business partner said to me about a week ago when we were talking about how things had actually been really good and business had been really good. He said, Rob, I thought it was all over. I thought business was fucked. We were going to close the doors and life was over. I thought that was my life over. I thought that was my funeral. And he actually said that. He really thought it was all over, game over. Because obviously he'd never seen anything like that before. He was scared. And so his brain went into doomsday scenario, worst case scenario. Like I said, I call it doomsdaying. His brain didn't go, oh, look at this fantastic new opportunity. Maybe we could pivot online and create online courses. Maybe we can grow globally far more quickly. Maybe we can create new partnerships. Maybe we can cut our overhead in half. Maybe we can create more profitable training. Maybe our social media channels will go up 300%. By the way, all of those came true. All of those happened. But the natural brain doesn't do that because the fear protects us from those scenarios by making us aware of them. Hi, it's Rob here, interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts, for any training that we might run. Not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anything. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. Now, when you go into doomsday mode thinking this is really important, you mustn't make that the reality. It's fine to um, think about it. Okay, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. But the key thing is could. This could happen, this could happen, that could be scenario A, that could be scenario B, that could be scenario C. And then what you do is you create plans. So you are probably a terrible predictor of the future, just like I am. But so many people who go into doomsday thinking mode. Now, by the way, this is not a criticism. This is a natural human thing. Our brain does it to us. We don't want to sit there thinking worst case scenarios for everything, living in massive fear, coming up with all these fantasies of how bad things will be and how much people will screw us over and how we'll lose everything and get ridiculed and rejected. None of us want to do that. Our brain does that. Our inner voice does that to us. 
Um, but it's, it's over the top. It's overkill. So what helped me when, when the lockdown finally kicked in, um, some people close to me who were really scared, they were really scared in total doomsday mode. Um, I start, that started to rock and wobble me. So I decided to isolate myself from that and spend a few weeks at home on my own, creating a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, a plan F and a plan G. I um, came up with maybe 10 to 15 new courses. I must have figured out 20 or 30 new business models or new ways we could approach the lockdown and turn it into our advantage. And I'm not saying I didn't have some wobbly moments. I definitely did. Um, but the only way for me to stay sane, because when my brain goes into doomsday mode, it goes fucking wild. I have got the, I, it creates some amazing fantasies that are never going to happen in a million years. So my brain definitely has the propensity to go to dark places. So for me, I have to stop it. Um, so one way I stop it is to get busy, which some therapists will say, well, that's a distraction, maybe, but it helps in certain situations for me. And another way to distract it is to create the upside. So, you know, when your brain goes lockdown or um, criticism or trolling or legal case or um, profit and loss, you know, profit margin going down or whatever happens and your brain starts going downside, 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 worst case, worst case, doomsday, doomsday. Then what you do is you sit down and you write down, OK, what are all the upsides of this situation? What can I learn from this situation? Why is this a gift? Why does it serve me? What does it teach me? What's the new opportunity? So I'm sure many of you now have had, and give me a yes if this is the case for you. Um, many people have actually had a really good experience in the lockdown. And once they got their head around it and they asked the right questions, their business is actually better and their life is actually better. So give me a yes in the comments if you've had some upside from this lockdown. Now, you either sort out, you search to find the hidden meaning and upside, or in the end, you saw it because in the end, time revealed the upsides and not just the downsides. But when the lockdown happened, how much of the media were pumping the goods upside opportunity or the potential benefits? Um, none of the media. It was all fear, fear, fear. Lee, I'd like to thank you for the stars. Lee said stars in exchange for quality content. Thank you, Lee. You're a legend. So um, going through and listing all the upsides of the challenge and the downsides and doing the reverse of the doomsday, which is like, well, uh, what if this was good and that was good and maybe this good scenario could happen and this good scenario and this good scenario and essentially retraining your brain to go from dark doomsday to upside to create more balance. Um, so planning, creating opportunity, and going over upside opportunity instead of just downside fear. Now, um, I think our fears are a prison. Now, fear serves to protect us, of course, and it keeps us safe. But I think those very things we fear, we fear going bust, we fear being ridiculed, we fear being rejected, we fear making mistakes, we fear failing, we even more fear failing publicly. I think what those fears do is trap us because one, it stops us feeling that fear and leaning into that fear like a warrior and embracing that fear and bashing through that fear because I think all, a lot of our results on the, uh, the other side of fear. But that fear also starts making us go into doomsday mode. Oh, well, if I do this, this bad thing will happen, 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 this bad thing will happen. And I think that that is poison. 
to business and poison to your relationships and poison to your, your development. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever had an argument with someone in your head? Give me a yes if you have. An argument with them in your head. Maybe someone cut you up um, in the car. Maybe someone just gave you a dirty look. Maybe someone sent you a short email and all of a sudden your brain went off on one. They think this, they think that, they think the other. Um, And whether you got aggressive or defensive or protective or you worried about what they would think about you all over um, something that they didn't say or didn't do, um, you just started arguing with them in your head. Um, And I know for a fact I have had debates, discussions, arguments, um, and created doomsday scenarios in my head for hours a day sometimes. And, And what have I done? Got it wrong. They didn't say what I thought. They didn't mean what I thought. I'd misread what they thought. I'd taken it out of context, etc. So unless you're there and you have context as well as content um, and you, you hear it and see it face to face, then you don't know what they're thinking um, and you don't know what it means. And the amount of times I've been involved with conflict, say with staff um, or, you know, with my team, conflicts with people. And someone will come to you with, you know, their truth. They think it's the truth. They come with their truth. Uh, and they can do a very compelling job at getting you to believe their side. And then you go to the other side and you obviously get a polarizing opposite view. And so where's the truth? Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Who knows? But until you get all sides, you do not know what the truth is. And even when you get all sides, you don't know what the truth is. Peter said here he's had arguments about having arguments in his head. That is a matrix level doomsday scenario thinking. So, um, you know, you can get paranoid. Oh, they're setting up in competition against me. They're screwing me over. They're going to leave me. You know, they're nicking from me. They're doing this. They're doing that. And honestly, you can convince yourself of anything if you go to that place deep enough. Now, a, a lot of that is a protection mechanism to prepare you to not get turned over, to be ready, um, you know, as, because fear um, is a bigger driver for us because obviously it, fear serves us to survive, whereas, um, you know, pleasure does not. But I really think it's ruining people's businesses. You know, I see big debates and arguments on social media and I think that's a storm in a teacup. I don't even think that they meant that or said that and you've gone off on one and you make yourself look now maybe like, you know, not the most professional that you could. Um, yeah, uh, I know none of us like it when people are um, talking behind our back. But, you know, when you get second and third hand information, that's exactly what it is. It's Chinese whispers. And you actually don't know what they were thinking and don't know what they were saying. And anyway, what anyone thinks of you is none of your own business, I think that they say. Now, there's a really good book, which is called The Courage to be Disliked. And it's based on Adlerian psychology. And um, in this book, Adlerian psychology presents the argument that um, freedom is in the courage to be disliked. Uh, And what that means is if you have the courage to be disliked, then you have the courage to be yourself um, because you can accept not being liked when you're yourself. And in reality, there's no other way. You will always be disliked by being yourself. But if you don't have the courage to be disliked and the courage to be yourself, you will change and morph and pander and posturize yourself to the whims and desires of other people, like a chameleon. Now, if you think about it, if a chameleon changes its color so many times, what color is the chameleon? 
what is the base color? What is the color of the chameleon when no one is judging the chameleon because it's changing color so many times? In the end, the chameleon probably doesn't know what color it is. It doesn't know who it is. And you don't know who you are when you fear the judgment and the ridicule and the being disliked by others. And you will, um, like, you will either subordinate or exaggerate. You'll either go into altruism or narcissism. Um, and you will change and morph your behavior being someone you're not um, to adapt to situations. And you'll lose who you are. And so freedom is that courage to be disliked. And that courage to be disliked is to go, don't really mind what they say about me. That's on them. Um, They own that. I own who I am. And not let my brain go into doomsday about how bad it is or about how critical it is or about how painful it is. But if you look across business and life, um, I think that this is rife. And I think it's a bit of a poison. Because what's the point, something I haven't even mentioned yet, but if you think about it from a logical point of view, how much time are you wasting in doomsday scenarioing in your head? How many hours a day? And I bet you it's hours a day. And by the way, again, like I said, I'm not criticizing because we all do it. It's a human survival mechanism. And I know I do too, but I'm just chucking an argument your way, getting you to maybe um, view this differently. But how many hours a day are you thinking worst case scenarios in doomsday mode, thinking, fearing, worrying, coming up with all these scenarios of how things are going to be terrible and awful and all the conspiracy theories and all the shit that people are saying and doing and blah, blah, blah. How many hours a day do you think that you could be obsessing over that? And you know, your brain just does it to you. You're trying just to get on with your fucking life and your brain just distracts itself going over and over and over and over and over. Imagine if you could have all that time back. Imagine if that thought process was on How can I change the world? How can I make a difference? You know, how many people out there really love and value and admire and respect me? What are all the upsides in my life? What am I grateful for? What new ideas could I create? What new innovations could I um, create? What disruptions? What what needs solving? Let me come up with 15, 20 different ways to make money. What do I need to be productive on? What do I need to focus on? What new opportunities do I need to forge? What partnerships and relationships do I need to develop? Imagine if that was how your brain was going off on one. What's the opposite of doomsday thinking? Opportunity thinking. Imagine if your brain by default was in opportunity thinking mode. Every time you were daydreaming, you were distracted. You were like, opportunity, 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 opportunity. Creation, innovation, ideation. Instead of he said this, she said that. This fucker is going to do this. This fucker's going to do that. They're going to fuck me over. They did this. They screwed me. They're going to fuck me. You know, instead of all that. Ah! I'm exhausting myself just talking about it. I think I've ranted enough about it now. But I believe probably the biggest poison is the worst case scenarios you create in your head and the doomsday thinking that you go over and over about your business um, you know, and in your personal life, especially around um, relationships with people. Um, Adlerian psychology suggests that all problems are interrelationship problems. You know, all problems are interrelationship between people because that's how we interact and all of our experiences through people. Um, so any of your problems you're feeling, whether it's in a negotiation, trying to get a pay rise, you've got a you know, staff member that's um, you know, not doing what you want them to do, or you've got, um, you're not really managing your children very well, or you've got partnerships or relationships that are not going good. So I reckon most, if not all, of your doomsday thinking is going to be around um, interrelationships. And so letting that go is the courage to be disliked because being brave enough to be who you are is freedom and not having the courage to be disliked is a prison because you morph yourself according to how you perceive someone wants you to be. That's not how they want you to be anyway. That's just how you perceive they want you to be. And you're a chameleon who changes color so many times you don't even know what color you are. 
Boom. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.